friends. Hello, 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 humans. Happy Monday to you. This is your friend and radio host, Ellie Krug, on Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Hello. I hope that you're having a good Monday, first Monday in December. I mean, there we go. We're heading towards the big day, you know. And I'm thrilled to be back with you, and um, remember that this show is about idealism and where I talk about being a practical idealist, but I also highlight other people who have worked in a variety of ways to change the world for the better. There you go. That's what it's about. Um, and uh, regular listeners, just let's just get it out of the way. So new listeners, my name is Ellie Krug. I know I sound like a man, and that's because I'm one of the relatively few transgender radio hosts in the world. Not the only one by any stretch, but relatively few. And so I'm, yeah, so that explains that. So there's no big interview today. This is simply me, a talking head show. But hopefully you'll conclude that still it is an interesting show with some good takeaways um, for everybody. So let's get started. Christmas is soon upon us, as we know, and our first idealist made famous this song. Here you go. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree. For me, been an awful good girl, Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. That Santa song, baby, Santa baby, is by the one and only Eartha Kitt. Uh, not only a singer and an actress, but also a true idealist. Eartha Kitt was born in 1927 on a cotton plantation in a small town in North Carolina. There is an account that she was conceived as a result of rape by the son, um, that the father was the son of the white owner of the farm. Uh, Kitt's, uh, Eartha Kitt's resulting light complexion caused her to be rejected by her mother's husband, a black man. Ultimately, Kit was sent to live with a relative in Harlem, New York, in New York City, where she attended what became the High School of Performing Arts. And no doubt that was a stroke of luck for Eartha Kit, because by attending that school, it ignited her passion for singing and acting. Kit began her stage career in 1943 at the age of 16. By 1950, Orson Welles, that is the famous Orson Welles, had cast um, Eartha Kitt as Helen of Troy in the play Dr. Faustus. Now, by 1950, I mean, she's only 23 years old. And so she needed, she, I mean, she was a, she was a black um, performer uh, at a time when black performers were not um, getting a whole lot of work. And to at such a young age to be ca to be able to catch the eye of Orson Welles, yeah, it tells you something about the quality of what Eartha Kitt had. Kurt, uh, Kitt appeared in numerous films and plays throughout the 1950s and the mid 1960s. Famously, in 1967, she took on the role of Catwoman in the Batman TV show. And I know this personally because as a, as a kid, I used to watch Batman. I did in my pajamas in front of the big colored TV that we'd suddenly gotten. And, um, and I remember Catwoman. I sure do. Um, this, as Catwoman and some other roles that she ha had, gave her the allure of a sex object by some. Um, in the media, some called her a sex kitten. I know that sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? But that's that was pretty uh, risque phrase back in the 60s. In the 1960s, um, however, notwithstanding her success um, on the stage and on film and in music, Kit was also an activist who sought to make the world a better place. And that's how she, I mean, I knew about her, but that's actually how she got on my radar as I was doing research about idealists. So in the 1960s, she lent her support and name 
to a group of Washington, D.C. youth who called themselves Rebels with a Cause. Rebels worked uh, to clean the streets of D.C., I mean, like literally to clean them, and to establish recreation programs to keep youth out of trouble. Eartha Kitt testified before Congress about the work of this group, um, uh, Rebels with a Cause. Uh, she went before House Congressional Committee to talk about their work and to talk about the need to fund programs to fight juvenile delinquency. Now, that was the phrase back then, juvenile delinquency. This was also part of what was going on in America. We had the war in the background. We um, had people talking about crime, uh, stirring up fear. Sound familiar to you? And so there was this big move about trying to get the juvenile delinquents under control. And Kit testified that, you know, you, you've got to you've got to see these humans as as humans, and that you have to be far more effective than what you are in trying to combat the influences that try that that take hold of kids and send them down the wrong path. Uh, kids testifying before Congress act, actually ended up getting rebel with a, rebels with a cause funding from Congress. So, pretty good. Kit was also a member of the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom, where she criticized the Vietnam War. Most famously, Eartha Kitt spoke truth to power. Um, and I've talked before about how true idealists are not afraid to speak truth to power. Um, the culmination of Kit speaking truth to power happened on Jan January 18, 1968. When Kit was invited to a luncheon at the White House, this was a luncheon put on by Lyndon Johnson's wife, Lady Bird Johnson. It um, it was the luncheon ostensibly was for what were it was called the Doers Luncheon, not like the alcohol, but like D O E R S Doers Luncheon, <laughs> um, for the purpose to talk about juvenile delinquency in America about about um, ways to combat it, the ways to to help our youth. So again, recall in 1968, it's the height of the war. We had 500,000 troops in Vietnam. Many of those troops were black draftees, since many whites were getting college deferments and avoiding the draft. And Eartha Kitt was well aware of this. During the luncheon at the White House, President Lyndon Johnson popped in made a pitch about supporting the police um, and making home life stronger to keep youth from being, quote, seduced by bad influences. Um, uh, at the conclusion of the president's remarks, uh, Eartha Kitt stood up and asked the president what he was going to do about the parents who were working two jobs, working so much that they weren't home because they needed to pay their bills and they didn't have the time to care for their children. And President Johnson actually did not have a very good answer to that. The luncheon then resumed, and various women, women uh, got up and spoke with generalizations about how to direct youth away from crime and drugs. Finally, though, it was Eartha Kitt's opportunity to speak. And as Deneen Brown recants in an article that appeared in a... Um, magazine appeared in the Washington Post magazine. Um, this is the account of what happened when Eartha Kitt stood up to speak at the Doers Luncheon in January of 1968. Um, I'm going to be reading from the, from the, um, the uh, publication by Deneen Brown. Here we go. Finally, Lady Bird nodded to her, Eartha, Eartha Kitt. I think we have missed the main point of this luncheon, Kit said. We have forgotten the main reason we have juvenile delinquency. Then Kit laid, let Lady Bird have it about the Vietnam War. You send the best of this country off to be shot and maimed. They rebel in the street. They will take pot, and they will get high. They don't want to go to school because they're going to be snatched off from their mothers to be shot in Vietnam. Lady Bird's face grew pale during the attack. 
according to the Post. Her voice trembled as she replied to Kit, Because there is a war on, and I pray that there will be a just and honest peace that still doesn't give us a free ticket not to try to work for better things, such as against crime in the streets for better education and better health for our people. Just because there's a war going on, she added, I I see no reason to be uncivilized. And Kit later wrote, I took it that she was referring to me. That speaking up to Lady Bird Johnson, and previously to President Johnson, cost Eartha Kitt greatly. She found very quickly that all of her United States bookings canceled. She could no longer find any work in the United States, and, and eventually she had to return to Europe, where she had gotten her start on the stage, in order to make a living. Later, Seymour Hersh of the New York Times would report that the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency, had been keeping a file on Eartha Kitt, but it never found any connections between Kitt and foreign governments or organizations. Instead, Eartha Kitt was just an American voicing her opinion, but because she was black, she fell into the stereotype of the angry black woman, and it was easy for white people to discriminate and blackball. By the early 1980s, though, things had changed, and Eartha Kitt was back on the American stage. When she returned, she became a champion of LGBTQ rights public, and publicly supported marriage equality. Doing so, she said, um, earned her so very many LGBTQ fans. Of her gay following, this is what Kitt said. I just love this quote. Quote, we're all rejected people. We know what it is to be refused. We know what it is to be oppressed, depressed, and then accused. And I am very much cognizant of that feeling. Nothing in the world is more painful than rejection. I am a rejected, oppressed person, and so I understand them, referring to gay people, as best as I can, even though I am a heterosexual, unquote. I love that. And then, of course, it was with great irony that the singer known for Santa Baby left this world on Christmas Day, uh, Christmas Day 2008 after a battle with colon cancer. How ironic. Eartha Kitt, singer, actress, community activist, human. Most of all, for our purposes today, idealist I think that sums it all up Santa baby just slip a sable under the tree for me been an awful good girl, Santa baby. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. 
process of planning your next event, consider D'Amico Catering. Their team brings extensive experience and knowledge to the table to ensure that your event runs smoothly. With over 20 years of event planning and culinary experience, D'Amico has established their reputation as the Twin Cities' premier caterer. They've been trusted to carry out numerous weddings, corporate functions, and nonprofit fundraisers. D'Amico has the right staff to ensure your event is perfectly executed every time. More at D'AmicoCatering.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Back on AM 950, LE 2.0 Radio. This is me, Ellie Krug, on AM 950. Okay, Eartha Kitt, you know, what an irony. She talks about Santa Baby and dies on Christmas Day. But more importantly, what a great activist. What a great idealist. And, you know, and I'll tell you, we know about all of these, these uh, entertainers, but we really don't know what they stood for. Some will recall my Sidney Poitier um, uh, piece about the slap heard across the world when Sidney Poitier, um, in, a, in uh, the heat of the night, on screen, slapped, slapped a white anchor, or excuse me, a white actor. And uh, that was a big deal. That was part of the, part of the movie. All right, well, now we're into my next segment, um, my B block. And so let me shift... I want to shift to the concept of walking in the shoes of another. Um, I am well familiar with that concept because as a transgender woman, I now walk in female shoes compared to the men's shoes that I walked in for over 50 years before my transition. And trust me, it is way different on this side of the gender fence. That's a whole different uh, show probably. but uh, what, what would it be like about walking in the shoes of a person from another race as compared to another gender? Journalist Ray uh, Spriegel uh, did just that in 1948 at the height of Jim Crow. Spriegel was a newspaper uh, journalist, newspaper reporter with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And... Um, By 1948, he had already won a Pulitzer Prize uh, for breaking the story 10 years earlier, so in 1938. uh, He broke the story about the newly appointed Supreme Court Justice Hugo Black having been a member of the the Ku Klux Klan. That earned uh, Spriegel a uh, Pulitzer Prize. And what he decided to do in 1948 was to go and pose as a black man on take a trip, a road trip through the South. To prepare for his journey, Spriegel laid out in the sun for a very intense sunburn um, that gave his white skin first a uh, very bad burn, but after that there was a brown tone to his skin that um, was apparently good enough for him to pass as a light-skinned black. Um, accompanying him on this road trip, it was a road trip that lasted uh, four weeks. He drove 4,000 miles. Accompanying him on the road trip was a um, black NAACP activist from Atlanta named James Wesley Dobbs. And Dobbs, before they left, laid out the rules for Spriegel in terms of the way that it was going to be um, in 
on the road trip. And those rules consisted of this. Don't talk back, hit back, fight back, or forget to say sir or ma'am. Don't use the wrong door, seat, or water fountain. If you bump into a white woman, back away apologizing. Never defend yourself. Those were the rules that black people had to live by under Jim Crow. And while, of course, we're focusing here on Jim Crow in the South, let us not forget Jim Crow existed everywhere in this country. So Spiegel, Spiegel took, his, uh, he took his car ride, and um, he learned many things on his trip. And what he ended up doing was he ended up writing a 21-installment um, series for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, this in, the installment series was titled, I Was a Negro in the South for 30 Days. Um, and what he learned on his trip was, first of all, that the spe- there is a spectrum of skin tones um, throughout the South. And that spectrum meant, uh, frankly, that many white people had been having sex with black people at some point, And that the notion of white purity was a bit of a myth. And that's absolutely true. I mean, that's how you get variations in color of, of, um, of, of people who are biracial. I mean, we have a lot of biracial people in our country, and that's because we got a lot of people of different races having sex. And then, to me, that's just fine. And sorry, I didn't mean to make this an R-rated conversation, but uh, you get what I mean. On the trip, Spriegel uh, was also able to befriend many blacks um, of you know, across all kinds of uh, sectors, you know, farmers, doctors, businessmen, and clergy heard stories of violence, stories of death, stories of fear, because after all, that is what Jim Crow was about. It was about making black people afraid, about putting them in their quote-unquote place. As he did this, Spriegel began to feel contempt for whites, his own race. Huh. Imagine that. And eventually, as I said, he returned to Pittsburgh. He wrote that 21-installment series. Um, uh, and more recently, Spriegel's trip and insights were the subject of a book. The title of the book is 30 Days a Black Man by Bill Steigerwald um, that was released last year. I'll give you that title again because you might want to go get that book. 30 Days a Black Man by Bill Steigerwald. Um, And uh, it sounds uh, like a fascinating book. I hope that someday I get a chance to read it. And so why do I talk with you about uh, Ray Spriegel? Because of this. You can't be an idealist from the sidelines. It doesn't work that way. You can't do it from your kitchen table where you don't do anything and just sit there. You've got to actually go out. And part of going out is showing up. And in this case, Spriegel showed up um, in another race to find out what it was like in 1948 to be black. And his series, I mean, uh, this 21 installment series, it it ran in Pittsburgh, but it was picked up by papers across the country. Um, Eleanor Roosevelt wrote in, because uh, she was a, span, a fan of Spriegel's work and wrote in and said she couldn't believe what he was finding in the South. That is what idealists do. They go out. They do things. They use their imagination. Well, okay, so you're listening to me. If you like what you hear, email me at my, at my website, to my email address, lejkrug at gmail.com. Visit my website at lejkrug.com. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, it's lejkrug at gmail. There's no .com on there. Oh, sorry. And um, sign up for my newsletter if you go to the website, because I'd love to have you on my newsletter. When we come back, we'll do the next segment of this Talking Head show. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, 
trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education, and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging, and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Hi, it's Tom Hartman for Continental Diamond. You've heard me talk about this place for a long time. And this holiday season, it's time to get your loved one a gift that will last a lifetime. Their experts know all the latest trends and will help you find the perfect gift to fit any budget with an amazing in-stock selection to choose from. Stay away from the craziness of the malls and visit Continental Diamond, adjacent to the West End in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. That's Continental Diamond for the perfect holiday gift. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Be sure to pick up your copy of this month's Natural Awakenings magazine, a free local guide to a healthier and more balanced life. Each monthly issue includes timely, local, national, and global stories. Learn about alternative and complementary medicine, nutrition, fitness for body and mind, personal growth, sustainability, and much more. Natural Awakenings can be found at area health food stores, food co-ops, and retail locations. More information is available at NaturalTwinCities.com. That's NaturalTwinCities.com. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today is looking to be partly cloudy with a high near 25 and a low around 14. Tuesday, mostly cloudy with a high near 22 and a low around 16. And Wednesday is looking to be nice, clear, and sunny with a high near 27 and a low around 15. The Nicollet Island Inn is celebrating the Feast of St. Nick December 6th to the 9th with a four-course special menu, two for $89. The Christmas charm at the inn is tasty and beautiful. Don't miss this holiday experience. Make a reservation today with Open Table or go to nicoletteislandinn.com. Back on AM 950. Oh, gosh. I just love my bumper music. I'm sorry. I, if you're watching on Facebook Live, which most of you are not doing right now because you're listening to me on the radio, but if you're watching, you're seeing me seat dance with all of the music. I don't know. I'm just, like, really getting into the music today. I think it all started with Eartha Kit. Okay. Well, um, here we are. Uh, you're listening to me, Ellie Krug, on AM 950, Ellie 2.0 Radio. Um... I, I just say that so well, like kind of I'm a professional, don't I? Mm. Just if we could be, that would be nice. Okay, well, anyway, we're just past the midterms, okay? And all of the political ads, thank goodness, those are gone. But there's one new ad that has now started to wear, and it's by Times, Tom Steyer. You know who he is, the billionaire philanthropist who prior to the elections would at, was advocating for the impeachment of the president. Um, he may be also advocating for that, but now he's got a new platform that he has come out with. And let me just tell you, Tom Steyer is an idealist. He may have a whole lot of money and he may have a whole lot of clout um, and he may be somebody big in a lot of different circles. But let me tell you, he's an idealist. And listen to this ad um, of what he call he's calling now his five the five rights these are these are just out and listen to this ad and I'll come back afterwards. I grew up believing the point of our country was to be free. 
the promise that everyone could make a good life for themselves. But over time, I saw big corporations buy our democracy and set the rules for the sake of their profits, not for the common good. Corporate lobbyists rigged the system, leaving the majority of Americans walled off from their dreams. We need to turn this around. We need to redefine what it means to be free in the 21st century, to make sure we all have the same chance to earn our fair share of America's prosperity. We need a new set of five rights, five essential protections that can never be taken away by any politician. First, the right to an equal vote in our government. Second, the right to clean air and clean water. Third, the right to a free, quality public education. Fourth, the right to earn a living wage so no one needs to work more than one full-time job. And fifth, the right to universal health care. I'm hosting a series of events to talk about what these rights mean for us. I hope you'll join the conversation. Go to TomStyer.com to learn more and tell me what you think. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what I think about that. <laughs> I think that that's fantastic, actually. That you just heard from an idealist. That's actually idealism you know, 2.0 right there about what he laid out about the five rights. And, um, and, and we're going to hear more from Tom Steyer. We've been hearing from him, of course, but now with the midterms over, with the House under Democratic control, um, we're going to hear more from him. And remember, this show, Ellie Krug, I am, I am not a divider. I'm a unifier. I'm not here to rail against um, another party or another another human. That's not the way I operate. But Steyer, he does represent idealism in action. So much of uh, so I wanted to find out who Tom Steyer is, and um, and much of what I'm going to tell you comes from an article in the Encyclopedia Britannica. And remember that old um, publication. So Tom Steyer. He's 61 years old. As he readily admits, he grew up with a privileged life. Um, he attended Phillips Exeter Academy in New England and then, Yale, uh, and then Yale University, where he studied economics and political science. He was, as you might expect, the captain of the Yale soccer team. I mean, he showed leadership right from the beginning. He has an MBA from Stanford University. He is also an alum up to... You know, big uh, financial powerhouses, uh, Morgan Stanley and uh, Goldman Sachs. In 1986, he founded uh, Farallon Capital Management. It's a hedge fund named for a group of islands near San Francisco and what are shark-infested waters. So he also <clears throat> knows something about branding. Farallon specialized in managing university endowments, which also brought some controversy to Farallon and to Steyer, um, such as when in 2004 Yale students protested Yale's connection to Farallon because of investments that the students thought were not socially or environmentally responsible. <clears throat> Excuse me. That led to Steyer re-examining his priorities in the early 2000s. Um, at the, about that same time, he had a... Uh, he had a reawakening with uh, his religion. Uh, he was born to uh, one parent who was Jewish, one who was Episcopalian. Uh, Episcopalian. And Steyer um, now uh, considers himself Episcopalian. And, and all of that came together with him deciding that he was going to change the way he viewed the world. Um, and beginning in the mid-2000s, he became far more involved in climate change issues. He also became a huge donor in California politics. In 2012, Steyer left Farallon and started to sell off parts of his portfolio that were inconsistent with his activism, particularly those parts that dealt with investments in fossil fuel-based industries. He founded a PAC called Next Gen Climate Action Committee um, and uh, to fight, uh, you know, an advocate for 
um, changing the way we do things because we're influenced climate change. Um, there is, of course, speculation about whether Steyer will run for president in 2020. And, um, and that speculation will grow with these five rights that he uh, just enunciated that you just heard. <clears throat> On the more personal side, Tom Steyer is married. Um, his wife is named Kat. He has four children. Um, he and his wife in 2010 signed what's called the Giving Pledge to donate half of their fortune to charity during their lifetime. He and his wife founded an organization called OneRoot. It's a business designed to bring technology to rural India. They also co-founded a community development bank to provide commercial banking to disadvantaged communities in California. This, I mean, this guy didn't just show up. He has been doing work behind the scenes as an idealist, using his resources, using his money. I read that he drives a um, Honda, a very used Honda hybrid. That is his car. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think he's a guy that flaunts things. <clears throat> and it sounds like he's living a life where um, he's living a life that's consistent with his values. Now, these five rights that he talked about, the right to equal vote, the right to clean water and air, the right to free quality public education, the right to a living wage, and the right to universal health care. Boy, these sound so basic, don't they? They sound so incredibly basic. Um, that, of course, yes, here in America, we would want that. This democracy, the strongest, most powerful country in the world, although I think that the days of using that phrase are coming to an end. We certainly have lost the moral stand standing to say things about right and wrong in the world, haven't we? And so the idea that we're going to get back to basics, that's what this five rights is. It's all it is. It's, a, it's basics. It's going back to the basics of what America represents. That, too, is idealistic. That, too, is the stuff that people who want to change the world do. And what he's done, now I'm just going to give you an aside, is he's packaged something. He's packaged an idea um, with, with a very easy phrase, the five rights. And once that, once that becomes uh, more well-known, You'll have people like five rights. Yep, I understand what that is. Yep. And so what he's done is he's taken, he's taken a page out of uh, Madison Avenue. He's taken a page out of trial, uh, trial attorneys. Um, you may recall um, in a show not too long ago, I, I mentioned that um, we need far more trial attorneys involved um, in trying to change the landscape for our country because trial attorneys know how to capture a whole a whole thing, a whole cause, just with a bit phrase. And, I mean, that's when I tried cases, that's what I had to do. I had to get the whole case into one just four or five phrase and start using that phrase throughout the trial so that the jury knew by the time we got to the closing what I was talking about and because the jury, by that time, hopefully the jury had bought in to what I was talking about. So Steyer's done that with the five rights. And, uh, and we need to do that. We need to make it easy for people to understand what, an idealist is talking about. We need to make it easy for, for people to understand <clears throat> what it is that we need to change the landscape. We do. And, um, and as I said, I think that we will hear more about Tom Steyer as we go forward. There'll be greater speculation about whether he's going to run for president. And you can be certain I will revisit Tom Steyer, human idealist, doer, um, in the future. So, there you go. <clears throat> I hope you like that. I wanted to cover Tom Steyer because um, he is showing up and I wanted to know what's going on about this guy. Turns out he's about my age. What do you know? Okay, so I hope you're enjoying this show. It's a talking head show. Yes, I know. I apologize for that. Um, getting guests sometimes is a little difficult, but there you go. But you have me, Ellie Krug. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com at uh, elliekrug.com. Email me at elliejkrug at gmail um, because I love hearing from, from you and we'll be back in a minute. Thanks. 
Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60 minute complimentary consultation, including a 15 minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit brendingelectrolysis.com. At Burger Moe's, Mondays no longer need to be a drag. Dine on the beautiful patio for Burger Monday Madness every Monday after 4 p.m., where you can order any burger and fries off menu for just $6. Not valid on Excel event evenings. Burger Moe's offers 20 fresh, never frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul, with plenty of free parking, and online at burgermoe's.com. What kind of a jackass would let an animal pick their insurance? Did you really think a lizard could save you money on car insurance? Would you let a duck pick your health policy? Insurance can be a zoo, but this is ridiculous. What you really need is an insurance agent that isn't looking out for the insurance companies. You need Cheryl at Array, an independent agent with 30 years' experience looking for the best rate possible. Quit monkeying around and call 763 504 3067. That's 763-504-3067 for Cheryl at Array, representing you, not the insurance companies. Companies. November is Govember at Rudy Luther Toyota. With the end of 2018 in sight, it's time to clear out the remaining 2018 Toyotas. Rudy Luther has huge discounts on the most popular small SUV, the RAV4, and Toyota is offering a $3,000 rebate on 2018s through November. If you want a larger SUV, try the 2018 Highlander with 0% financing for 60 months. You'll also get the Holiday Station gas discount for three years with purchase of a new Rudy Luther vehicle. November is Govember, so get going over to Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. At Pride Institute, being LGBTQ plus is the norm, not the exception. Their highly trained and skilled staff understand your issues and will help you live a happy, healthy life as a proud LGBTQ plus person. They offer you hope to overcome your addiction and live the life you want. Their treatment programs are designed to assist you in developing the knowledge, skills, and attitudes for long-term recovery. Therapy groups include health education, LGBTQ issues, HIV and chronic illness, trauma, grief and loss, transgender support, nicotine recovery, education and sexual health. Pride Institute offers a residential treatment program, a partial hospitalization program that includes day programming with lodging and an intensive outpatient program. If you or someone in your life can benefit from guidance and coping skills, life balance, and other tools necessary for long-term recovery, check them out at pride-institute.com or call 800-547-7433 now. Good music from the Talking Heads. Hello. Back here again, Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Hello, listeners. I hope you're enjoying this show. You know, we're kind of all over the place, and I'm a little giddy. I've, I've actually, you know, this show is taped, and I've actually been been awake since 1.15 this morning. Uh, right now, it's about uh, a quarter to 11 in the morning, and... Um, And that has to do a lot with um, the fact that sometimes I wake up, and I'm sure many of you listening, you know, I'm up, and as soon as I'm up, the brain is on. And there you go. We're done. It's, you know, you might as well get up because you're not going back to sleep for a couple of hours. We know that. So I got up, and I just started getting ready for the show. So after all, I am a professional. Okay. So, we're at my C block, the end of the show, the last block, and this is where I talk about my work, about things that I'm doing in the world as an idealist. And um, hopefully you're enjoying some of these stories, and, and hopefully you're understanding I'm not like trying to give you these stories out of braggadociousness or something like that, even if that's even a word, but you get the idea when I say that. I mean, I'm just kind of trying to tell you what's going on about me trying to make the world a better place is Ellie Krug, idealist. So, uh, last week, I had the experience, and actually the honor, I think that would be the right word, of speaking to a group of police officers. Um, all of these uh, folks, most of them were already 
um, sworn um, professionals. Uh, there were a couple that were in the security field that were trying to get into law enforcement. But I had 13 all men uh, at St. Mary's, uh, uh, Kelly Nicholson's class. Um, it was, um, I believe it's their graduate, you know, it's um, for master's level. And they, she asked me to come in, and Kelly asked me to come in and speak about what it meant to be other in America. And uh, let me just tell you, this was not, a, you know, uh, this. Uh, I didn't think this was going to go very well. Because when I started out, um, first of all, I made them move all the desks away. All the tables that they were sitting at, we put them in the back of the room, and then I made them sit in a, in a semicircle. So they had nothing between them and, and Ellie Krug. And um, and so right away, they had no, no protection from me. I mean, not like I'm going to do anything, but... You know, I mean, the, you know, people like to have things between them when they're protective. And police officers, generally, it's a very broad statement, but they are, you know, they are a protective group of people, for, with rightly so, for a variety of reasons. So I started that talk out about being other in America um, with a bunch of men uh, with crossed arms. And uh, the majority of men in the room were white, but there were some people of color. And as I saw all of those crossed arms, I thought, oh, my goodness, hell, how's this going to work? But I started out uh, talking about me being other because I am transgender and because my voice doesn't match my appearance. And so many people get an idea. They know right away there's something up about me. But then I said, you know, um, I'm not the only one who is other in this room. And then I kind of went through the list. I said, those of you who are of color in this room, you know you're of other. Those of you who are vets, who've served our country, unfortunately, in many situations, you are considered other. And we had a number of vets in the room, <clears throat> and, and I did thank them for their service, and I, did, I also did say, never forget, because that's what we should be saying to our veterans now, to let them know we understand the sacrifices they are making. So I had them in the room, so they were other. And then I had, of course, they were all police officers or wannabe police officers. And I told them, just by virtue of that, you are other. And I talked about how in the wrong setting, um, they, could be, they could be othered um, very quickly. So if they were in civilian mode and uh, they, let, they let slip or they self-disclose that they were in law enforcement, that um, uh, that though that they um, would be uh, they might be othered right there in that conversation. That they would get the look. I talked also about getting the look because <clears throat> I'm very familiar with when people hear my voice because they're looking at me and they're looking at a fairly attractive. I mean, I'm not a raving beauty by any stretch, but fairly attractive blonde woman. Um, but when they hear my voice, they hear man, as you're hearing right now, and I get the look because it's their eyes telling them one thing their ears telling them something totally different and their brains getting scrambled at that moment it's a fight or flight kicking in causing people to give a look and i told these police officers they get the look and you know what they started nodding and then i went on and i talked about us surviving the human condition that all of us were doing it that they were doing it that i was doing it we were trying to make our way through the world and then i added you know, I, I mean, I, I pushed the envelope and I added and just about everybody you come in contact with, either on a friendly basis or unfriendly basis, they too are trying to survive the human condition. You know, and um, and as we talked, I talked about the four commonalities. Regular listeners, you will know I've spoken about that all humans have four things in common. And I said that I had that in that room, and so did the, the police officers and the wannabes. Those four things being that everybody, everyone wants a kid in their life to succeed. Number two, everyone wants to be free of physical or emotional violence. Number three, everyone wants 20 minutes of peace. We all know we're not going to get 100%, but we all want 20 minutes sitting out on the patio watching the sun go down and let without somebody bothering us. And last but not least, everyone wants to love and be loved. That's number four fourth commonality I said I want that in this room and I know that you do and then I said again everyone you come in contact with 
They, too, want the same four commonalities as you do at that very moment that you're interacting with them. And I shared with them because they were like, well, how do we talk to people who are different from us? And I shared with them the, the tip about, hey, asking them, hey, you got a kid in your life. Um, and some were like, well, I don't want to share about my family. So I said, okay, hey, ask them if they've got a pet in their life. Because for some people, pets are as important as kids, if not more so. And we did an, we did an exercise called the Identity Game, which involved them standing or grabbing some signs about various identities. And then I asked for them to explain why they were holding those signs, sides such as gender, age, race, um, socioeconomic class, veteran status. And as they shared why they were why they identified with those signs, they were vulnerable, and they were. They were sharing things about themselves that no one could ever tell from the way that they appeared. An instructor even said to me, Ellie, I'm hearing stuff about these men that I didn't know. I, I haven't known for the whole semester. And so by the end, what I was able to do was I was able to get them to think some about some things they hadn't thought about before. I was able to share some concepts with them that maybe they hadn't considered and most of all, Ellie Krug idealist, I showed up. I showed that them I, that I was human and they too were human. And you know what? By the end of the night, it was two and a half hours. By the end of the night, guess what? Out of 13, all but a couple no longer had their arms crossed. I considered that pretty good victory. So there you go. Cops. Yep. I'm happy to talk to them because they're humans, just like all the rest of us. And if you're in law enforcement hearing my voice right now, thank you, because you protect me. That's not lost on me. All right, well, you've been listening to LA 2.0 on AM 950. You know, um, I'm going to tell you, we've got some sponsors. Please um, patronize or talk about these sponsors. One is Brending Electrolysis. Bev out in St. Paul, let her know that she does great work because I can tell you that she does. And then the Pride Institute, which is a drug and alcohol residential and outpatient recovery center. They do incredibly important work. A big thanks to my producer, Brett Johnson. Brett, you are wonderful. And if you get this through podcasts, will you do me a favor? Give me a five-star review on wherever you get your podcast because it helps more people to come my way. Talk to you next week. Thanks so very much.